You're listening to Permission to Shine, the podcast. Stories of overcoming obstacles and finding self-empowerment with Sharice Bisram, Inner Power Activation Leader. The Oxford Dictionary describes permission as the action of officially allowing someone to do a particular thing, consent, authorization. What if you were that someone and you gave yourself the permission to be everything you wanted to be and more? No more playing small and accepting less than. You are worthy of the life of your dreams, regardless of what it is that you've been through. And honestly, it's exactly what you've been through that has shaped you into the version of yourself that you are now. Like a diamond, you've endured so much, but instead of breaking, you've become stronger and brighter. And if that's not a reason to shine, then I don't know what is. And if nature can do it, then why the hell can't you? You are brave, you are strong, you are powerful, and you are enough. Hear my call and give yourself the permission to shine, because you don't realise how many people are inspired by your light. Hi everyone, this is episode 30. I can't believe I've done 30 episodes mental, but I'm so excited to introduce to you today, Nicole. Now I found her on social media and she's always been posting really intriguing things. And it was just one post that got me and I was like, I need to speak to this woman. I need her on my podcast. So hello, Nicole. Welcome all the way from New York. Hello, everybody. It's great to be here this morning. Thank you so much for asking me to be on the podcast. I'm so excited to be here. Yes. No, thank you. Yeah, I really appreciate it. And also, could you just tell us, you know, your title and what it is that you do? Sure. So I have a brand that I started called Wall Street Girl Next Door, which is the page that you found on on Instagram. And I recently just started my own podcast that is part of the brand called The Money Diaries. And so I started Wall Street Girl Next Door last year, almost a year ago, to empower people to have a healthy relationship with their money. So a little background is I work in finance. I work at a bank. I've always worked in wealth management. And I help people who already have money and what to do with it and how to help them grow and reach their goals. But then I I realized like we completely missed the mark on trying to help people have a healthy relationship with their money, which is exactly what my brand is all about. I want people to have a healthy relationship with their money. So the tone is to help break down fear and shame that we have around money because we never talk about that part of money Absolutely. at all. No, I love that. Thank you so much. And I think, um, like you said, it's so, so, so important, especially because I think, you know, even within my field of, you know, manifestation and things like that as well, sometimes yeah. our body can't hold that money. So, you know, a lot of people yep. will bring it into their lives and then not know what to do with it and or not think they're worthy enough of receiving yep. that. So it's all exactly. of that tied in. No, thank you. That's so exciting and I can't wait to pull this all apart so please start by telling us about your story and kind of how you fell into this you know from the start I'll give you the floor yeah so I did a stock picking challenge when I was in the sixth grade where we just had to pick a handful of stocks and track them for a month and I just became in love with the whole process and that's when I knew I wanted to go ahead and be in finance and I went to college and you know, did economics and, and I just knew I always wanted to help people. I've, I've known that my calling is always, is always to help people. And I always wanted to help people with their finances. And so I started working in the financial industry over a decade ago. And as soon as I got into the industry, I I was helping people with uh, financial planning, personal financial planning. I immediately saw that we don't, promote financial literacy as much as we need to. And I saw that the whole financial industry is geared towards people who already have money and a lot of money, not just a little bit of money, but people who have financial advisors and get that advice and that support have already reached a certain high economic level. So what happens to everyone else? And that, as soon as I got into the industry 10 years ago, I just said, I have to somehow reach these people. Like these are the people that I want to help. And, and I would just sit there and think about like, how am I going to do this? Like how, you know, and, and posting on social media for financial literacy wasn't a thing back then. And so I had this dream and then I moved to New York seven years ago to pursue my career and to take my career to the next step. And it was 
on my heart that it was like, okay, I'm going to move to New York for my career. But I somehow, if I can do financial literacy in New York City, where everyone lives outside their means and lives these big lifestyles, um, I said, you know, then I can really, this, this is just, I can just reach other people from there. And so when I moved here, I, I started doing some, some work at a nonprofit helping uh, inner city high school kids with financial literacy. And so I would kind of dabble here and there in, in, in the financial literacy space and helping entrepreneurs with um, getting their businesses and their finances in order. But it still, I, I still was like, we, we just are missing the emotional and the mental aspect of how do people, like the thing is, and this is the, the most like mind blowing thing that most people don't believe. If, if you make more money, it doesn't take away your fear and it doesn't take away your shame. You don't all of a sudden, you know, have a million dollars in your bank account. And then you're like, oh, I feel great about this. And I have a healthy relationship with my money. So we I, I think the financial industry completely misses how to to teach people how to, like you said, like to feel good with their money, you know, to to have that healthy relationship where they're not living in fear and shame. And we don't even talk about money because money is this taboo thing that as a society, we don't even talk about. If people start talking about money, people get like, oh my gosh, like it's very triggering and uncomfortable. And that I think builds to the, to the shame aspect, you know, because we don't talk about like, if you're struggling, you know, with debt or anything, you know, who do you go to for that? You know, you know, we don't open up the conversation to that. And that's part of the reason that I started the brand is I want to break down that barrier and start having those open conversations and really dig into how are people feeling about their money so that people know that they're not alone in it. Yeah, absolutely. No, thank you for that work as well, because I think it's so needed. And actually, that conversation we had was before the call. And, and that was why um, I, I was going to cut in here just to say to people that I kind of said that I see a lot in this industry of like coaching and mentoring that people can make large and large amounts of money and not know how to keep it because they're yeah. not in that alignment. So that's kind of the reference there. Um, But it, it's so it's so that and and could you please explain for anyone that didn't know what it was what financial literacy means because I think that'd sure. be a great thing for anyone that's confused if anyone's confused I might not be but yeah just... <laughs> absolutely so financial literacy when I refer to that it's educating people on how to have a healthy relationship with their money and to also know more about how their money works. Mm. And so I know that there's this stigma around, you know, finances and people start saying these terms and then people kind of shut down and they're like, I don't understand what this is. You know, it's just not meant for me. So financial literacy is, is making things approachable, making finances and, and things involving your money approachable so that you can understand your relationship and how it all works together yeah absolutely thank you for sharing that and I, you're so right as well about the shame around money like how we don't talk about it and I think what I found coming into the entrepreneur space is that the circles I'm now in everyone's quite comfortable to talk about money but outside of that world that, you know, people have created, especially, you know, female entrepreneurs that I, you know, I'm in that space. But outside of that, you know, in, in the normal everyday life, people don't talk about it. And actually, a group of my best friends now, we are having these conversations more openly, because we're all comfortable with each other. But there would have been a time where we wasn't. And I think in the UK, especially, and I know that obviously the US are probably going for it too, is like there's almost like a bit of a financial crisis at the moment, you know, especially for us with um, Brexit and like everything that happened, like, you know, with Ukraine and everything like that, we're all kind of getting the knock on effect, mortgages and all the rates have gone up. So I think there's a lot of fear around it as well, as we were saying. So it is, yeah, it's so spot on that we need to understand what we can control in this situation, because I think there's a lot of power that we have within this that we're not aware of, you know, and I'll de we'll definitely dive into that a bit further. But I just wanted to ask kind of before we go forward, um, what was your relationship like with money growing up? Do you, did you have like a stable ground? Was it something you had to build on? You know, what, what was your relationship with money? So I... I learned to, my parents were savers. And so they always were on the, you know, you work hard, you save your money. 
which then turned into fear of spending money. So even though they would be really good with saving money and financially secure, they would have so much fear that even today, they they have so much fear that they're afraid to spend their money. And so I wasn't even aware that I then carried that fear with myself. And so I did grow up with the foundation of, you know, saving is important. And so I, I always had that, but then I've 100%, I have had a lot of struggles with money. I have gotten myself into debt and gotten, and, and, and debt's one of those things that I'm actually going to be doing a podcast episode on soon, probably a couple, because I feel like it's a really loaded topic with lots of different angles. And I mean, talk about like, that's where a lot of people hold shame, but you know, back in my younger days, I was using debt to buy things that were very fleeting that I didn't need that weren't even necessarily for me. It was, you know, to impress other people or to keep up with other people. And then I got myself into a lot of financial trouble and put myself behind. And then I'd have to dig myself out of the hole. And, and I learned from that and like, that's okay, you know, because I know how it feels to have that. And then I've also, not had debt and been very responsible with my money and done save, you know, and, and been saving with my money. And so it's, and been able to save for trips and see that when I put my money in the direction that I want it to be going, um, you know, how much, how much differently it feels, you know, then that's really where you see the shift with, with your relationship with your money is when you start seeing, oh, if I do these things and my money's going to where I want it to be going, then it just, it starts, you just need some momentum. And so, and I was actually just talking with my, um, with my therapist last night, you know, about there are some things right now that I'm investing in myself very heavily in my support system with mentors and coaches and, it's just this year has just been a huge investment in myself and I've had to put some of that on credit card, but that's okay with me because I see it as an investment instead of, you know, this is bad. I shouldn't be doing it. It's like, no, this is going to help me get to where I want to go. And so it's also breaking down, you know, people thinking that we can't, you know, use debt. And so it's just, you know, that's yeah. just part of the the mental aspect of it too. But so that that's, yeah, that's a little bit of my, yeah, my money no. story. Thank you for sharing that. And I think it's really important for people to understand where you stand, where you stand mm -hmm. with um with money as well, knowing that you've been on both sides. So I think that's so important, isn't it? That um, you know, that's the integrity piece. This is why you're doing the work you're doing, because you understand it from all points of view. And I think um I I agree with you on that part of this year, because for me, I invested in my mentorship this year big 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 investment and that was like all of my savings that I put into that yeah and um I then spent all of that money and I had this weird energy exchange in my body that was um not prepared so I think mentally I'd prepared myself to give over that money knowing that it was the investment in myself but energetically I wasn't prepared for how that would feel and it almost yeah. felt like um poverty like I felt like this feeling of poverty and I think for me what I realized and I don't know if anyone listening would probably resonate with but almost that money saving that money because I came from a low-income household money was hard um to to come by we all worked really hard I worked three jobs my whole life um so saving that money was a, a long process I say long process, probably in the last few years, I saved up that money because I was planning to move to America and that was going to be my little savings part and all of these things. And then when I couldn't move, um, I was thinking, okay, do I buy something in the UK? But again, as a self-employed dancer at the time, it was going to be hard to buy. So I just thought, you know what? I'm going to take this business seriously now and I'm going to do this. So I was all mentally prepared for it. And then when I gave that money over uh, and I did it in installments, so... I could kind of still manage my life. It was really interesting for me to see how I'd kind of sifted into a lack mindset. And mm -hmm. I was then trying to claw back that money in other ways. And it was just really toxic. So it was almost like it took me to the end of the time where I'd finished the mentorship that I had to look at it in a completely different lens. Like you just said, you know, it's an investment and it's understanding that you know, money has a place for us in different ways. And right. my friend calls it a vehicle. So she's like, money's yes. the vehicle. 
So it is actually, it needs to get you to where you need to be. So you can't always yep. see, you don't always know the direction. You just trust that the vehicle is going to get you from A to B. And I thought that was a really interesting way to look at money because I think I'd work so hard to get to that point where I'd had it, that almost giving it away felt like I was giving like a part of my authority away almost. And then that was probably the last layer of this toxic energy that I feel like I'd held for mm-hmm. a long time the survival um, and it was almost like going back into survival mode to come out of it the other side and be like wow you know what I'm coming out of this journey a completely different person now which is so lovely but I just felt like I'd share that because it was really on topic yeah. for what you were saying but also within that I had a conversation the other day with some training that I was doing and I was just saying about um if you had to invite money for, to tea like what would the experience be like and before it would have been a very like weird exchange for me but actually when I said when I said my point of view I felt like um like having an afternoon tea was almost like you pass money the the um pot passes it back to you and it's like this exchange of of two ways so I just thought that also was interesting I love that yeah because it's for me obviously the mindset stuff is all of my forte so it's like almost connecting like what you do with almost with what I do in in a strange way like this yeah interconnection but yeah I'd love to um kind of know for you in your life you know like with these ups and downs with money like what was the moment when you kind of decided that you're going to take your power back you know your permission moment what what yeah so that I feel like is an ongoing thing that I constantly have to do and I reached a point and this was actually not that long ago so maybe within like two years ago So I've been working with a, she calls herself a personal power mentor, but I've been on this deep healing journey with, with my mentor. I've known her since 2016. She actually used to be my yoga instructor here in New York. And then she started her own business during the pandemic. And I've been working with her for about two and a half years doing this deep healing work. And I knew I needed to do it, but I had so much resistance to the financial commitment. And every time I would make the commitment, I'd be like, oh, you know, like, I'm going to do it, but I can't do it. And I shouldn't do it. And my brain would say like, you can't afford this. Like you should not be doing this. But then I just knew within my soul, like I needed to do this investment in myself and that I've invested and I'm still, you know, working with her. And so it's been a continual investment that I've just had to let go of that fear a little at a time, because this investment in myself is the greatest thing that I could be putting my money towards because this is what comes back to me like in spades, you know, like these are the dividends that pay off is when I invest in myself like this. And I just had to let go of that fear. And, you know, you work in manifestation, it's trusting, you know, it's like starting to trust the process and that this is where I'm at today, but I'm not going to be here forever but this is what I need to get me to where I want to be. And if I'm not mentally able to be there, I'm never going to be able to get there in my life. And so I've had to gradually let go of that fear. And that's like continual. Every time I make a big investment, like last night, I just invested in like a new spiritual, like therapist that I'm working with. And and that was a little bit of an investment, but this time, like when I gave her my credit card last night, I didn't have that fear. And we even talked about that because she works in manifestation as well. And, you know, she said, what's your goal? And I said, next year I will be debt free, but I need these things in order to get me there. So two years ago, I wouldn't have been able to do that. Mm-hmm. I would have like sat there and ruminated in the fear, but this is like a continual process of like, even when you stretch yourself and the more that you stretch yourself and commit to yourself, because committing to yourself is also can bring up a lot of fear too. And so, um, you know, but it's just, it's one of those things where now it's like, I know that I need these things in order to get me to where I'm going. And, and I just have faith that the things that I'm also investing in are helping me. And they're not the things that I'm trying to fill voids with. Absolutely. That's the difference. A hundred percent. And I love everything you said then, because that's kind of the journey that I tried to take my clients on before they sign. It's exactly that exchange because, you know, I 
manifestations are byproducts for me of high and deep self-worth so that's the end mm -hmm. goal in working my clients work with me because I do the trauma healing so it's all about unpacking you know the blocks that we've had in our mind body and soul and like work I kind of hold my client's hand and I walk them through that journey and exactly what you said then about giving yourself that permission and knowing that you're invested in yourself and that's going to pay you dividends in every single part of your life because ultimately I think we've all got this blueprint of you know whatever it, we've been through in our life and we've carried that with us and we get to a point where like I don't want that for myself anymore and it seems like you came to that realization and that that turning point where you were like if I keep doing this I'm going to end up with the same result so it's like yeah. I need to invest in myself now in order to have and be the version of myself I know myself to be in the future and it's really wonderful to see you know that on on the other side because this is exactly why you know we all want clients to work with us is for this reason because the outcome of it is exponential isn't it there's there's no limit to yeah. what can be achieved and it so is that because I even thought that with my mentorship like mine was more for business and um yeah I feel like I was expecting to see the dividends instantly but actually it's been a slow process of unveiling each time and I'm like every time I do something or something new happens I'm like I wouldn't have known that if I hadn't have done that or, yeah. you know, and it's seeds, isn't it? You plant all of these little seeds and they're all blooming in their own time. And I think that's the beautiful thing about investment and trusting, as you said, you know, having the faith in yourself. And I think that is a massive part of this, isn't it? Like we're saying about this exchange of money. It's that, that trusting in yourself and putting yourself first as a woman, like, wow, isn't that such another hot conversation we could have on oh, that? Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, big time, big mm. time. I also like very much think that the universe, the universe supports you when you make those investments, mm. and then you, you, you show how seriously you're taking the investment in whatever Absolutely. it is that you're investing in. You know, I so agree. I think that that always, uh, you know, shows the universe just really that you're in it. Yeah, I completely agree. And I think that was my turning point moment as well. It was like, I've been kind of talking about it. I've been like going around the edges about making this into a business. And then when I invested, I was like, right, I'm telling the universe, this is really it. This is what I'm yeah. doing. And um, yeah, it's such a wonderful thing. I think for anyone that's sitting on the fence or, you know, thinking about they know they need to do this thing. It's like, I hope that this podcast acts as a call to action. And you're like, yeah, okay, this is the sign. I need to, I need to put my money where my mouth is. And as you said, you know, that exchange of you showing the universe that you're taking yourself seriously more than anything, mm -hmm. that's a, such a declaration of calling in your power and calling your power back yes. to yourself in, in all of the ways. But um, I'd love to talk more about, I mean, so much. I mean, like you said, the, the debt conversation is yeah. such a massive one about why we're embarrassed about debt. And I think, you know, I, I'm in a situation where I'm single and I think when I'm looking for someone, I do want them to have a certain degree of, um, you know, financial literacy. And also yeah. I don't want them to have mass amount of debt. And I think that's also where this taboo comes in. We're talking about money as well, doesn't it? Because I think for men, it's hard because women want men that earn a lot of money and are the breadwinners. But equally in our own right as women, we we do want to have our own money too. And we don't want to be passing our debt on to other people. So there's a lot of shame and blame loop within sure. money. And I guess um, if if someone was in debt at the moment, um, what would be your advice to like to kind of manage that emotionally? Yeah, so I think one is just to explore how you're actually feeling about your debt. So what I notice is people sweep it under the rug and they're like, this is this thing that I have that I don't want to talk about. I don't want to look at it, but it's there. And it kind of like sits behind me, just like haunting me, right? And that's how people feel about their debt. So one, it's like, let's come into a relationship with the debt. How are you actually feeling about it? How does it make you feel? And some people are like, oh, you know, I don't care. It's, and you know, it's just this thing I have. And I said, okay, but let's make sure that's actually how you're feeling about it. And then when you start digging a little deeper, it's like, yeah, I don't like it. It feels like this burden that I carry. And so it's really identifying and being able to say exactly how you feel about it. And that like with money across the board is it's really starting to identify, like, what are the words that come up? Like when I say the word debt, you know, like, what do, what do people think of, you know, like, what are the first three words? And it's just like, that's going to tell you how you feel about your debt. 
And then how do you want to feel about it? What are your goals for your debt? Because that's always something that with my clients, I don't like to define their goals for them. I need my clients to tell me what their goals are. Some people, their first thing is I want to be debt free. Get me there. Other people, it's like, I want to pay down my debt, but I want to travel and I want to build my emergency savings and I want to do this. And it's like, okay, like those are two different plans right there. You know, those are two different paths forward. And so I always like people to tell me like, what do you want to do with your debt? And how do we want to tackle this? I don't want to sit there and tell people like, you need to pay this off and, you know, get this off your balance sheet as quickly as possible. Because then I think that that comes from a place of like building in the shame of like, you know, you have this thing, you need to get rid of it. And I, and that completely just goes against what I, I try to help people or what I do help people with and what the tone of the brand is. And so it's one identifying how you feel about it and how do you want to feel about it? And then what are your goals for your debt is, you know, what are, how do you picture your, your life with your debt? Do you want it, you know, do you want it completely gone or is it, you know, so that's where it's, and it's really personal, like everybody's story and their relationship. And that's kind of one of the things that I love about money and finances is like, no two people have the same goals and same situation. And so it's really, it's such a personal thing that it's, Everybody needs to come into a relationship with how they feel about their debt and then what they want it to look like in their financial picture. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I love the way you talk about all of this, Nicole. I could listen to you speak about it all day. I feel like there's a real grounded approach to everything you do. And I think it's so refreshing because I feel like, again, money's either spoken about on a very high tier and we're looking down on everyone always speaking it from the ground, looking up, thinking, oh my gosh, how do I get out of this? Wherever I feel like you have such a balance of understanding and a very whole approach to it, which is just really, really refreshing, as I said, because I think it it all takes into account. And my mentor always says that our bank account is a reflection of our, the way we feel about ourselves, which I do agree with, but I also don't agree with as well. Like I feel like there's a polarity to that because I think sometimes we know that we are worthy of more mm-hmm. and maybe we haven't quite got there yet, you know? So I think some people yeah. can feel shame even from that statement, even though I do believe in it, I think it's definitely a sign of your self-worth. But like you said, if you're in a position where you've just invested into something or you um, wanted to clear some debt or whatever, you have debt in your name, but the debt bought you a house or, you know, bought you something you needed. I, I feel like... um it shouldn't just be the number of the bank account that defines no. you is your whole approach to it. And I think your the way you look at it is very that, you know, it's like a whole human being rather than just how good your arms work, you know, <laughs> which is like that yeah. sort of thing from, from your approach there, which I just, I, I love. And I, I wonder, I mean, for me, this just screams out that it needs to be in schools. Is that something oh, yeah. in America or is it not taught? Not really, but there is a huge push. I mean, there needs to be more of a push. Mm. I think at the high school level, as people go into adulthood and then also at the college level, as people are now leaving, this is like, you know, when people leave college, that's really like when you enter into adulthood, you're no longer a student anymore. Like you go into the job market. This is where people can start making money. Like I think at both levels, there really needs to be financial literacy. And I think it needs to be continued all the way through adulthood because our financial situation changes and you could have, you know, a great financially secure job and then that can get taken away from mm. you and the rug can get ripped out from under you. And so I think that it's continual and that people need to have that support and those resources as they continue through life. And um, just on the the last thing that you said about the bank account. So what I always like to tell people is your spending will tell you where you're, you know, where, where you're spending your money will tell you how about your financial situation. And also like looking at the bank account, like that's where I like to look at wealth. Like people think wealth, like big bank account or fancy cars, but wealth is way beyond money. And and I always wanna teach people that, that wealth isn't just about having a lot of money. Wealth is about time and health and friendships and being able to 
have the resources to invest in those things. So it's not just about a bank account balance, because I did a post about this where it's like, let's say somebody makes $500,000, but they work 80 to 100 hours a week and they don't have time to do hobbies or invest in their mental health or their relationships. And maybe, you know, but they have, they have a padded bank account, you know, but then you have somebody who makes significantly less money, but lives comfortably, has time to do the things that they want, has time to invest in friendships and relationships. Like who's the wealthier person? Mm, I love that so much and I think Bob Marley did an interview about that and someone asked him um, are you rich and he said my rich and your rich are very different things he says I have a very rich life but it's not the rich that you know and it is so that isn't it and I love that you bring that up because I think it's so important like you said you know you can have all the like actual tangible money in the world but if you don't have the time to spend it or people to spend it with that's so it isn't it and that, that's such a beautiful way to look at wealth as a whole because I think for some people maybe listening that their bank account isn't where it wants isn't they're not where it wants it to be I think it's that understanding that you know are you able to to eat decent meals you know the meals yep. that you enjoy mm-hmm. are you having those meals with people you love you know and even if you're not going out to dinner it's like are you able to cook for your friends and family are you able to go and get that little coffee and sit in the coffee shop once a week to yourself you know pay for your classes that you like to do or send your children to the classes they like right. to do that's very wealthy and I think um we get so caught up these days, especially with social media, don't we? About how, like you said, about this perfect world and ideal. And it's like, actually, um, these people that are posting, you know, their brand new Chanel bags every week, are they really, right. really happy? I mean, maybe, but maybe not, right? Right, right. exactly. And that's just where, and, and wealth is also a personal thing. Everybody gets to decide what wealth means mm. to them. I don't like to generalize it because maybe some people, they want to have, more time, you know, it, it's just really, and I always challenge people is to, to really think about what does wealth mean to you? And what does a wealthy life mean to you? Like, if I like paint a picture of like your wealthiest life, like what, what, what does that look like? And everybody gets to paint that picture for themselves. And it's not necessarily always going to be yachts and San Tropez, right? You know, Mm -hmm. that's not always going to be the the picture that people paint people want to have you know family and time with relationships and friends and to do the things that they love and and so I just always challenge people because I don't think that we ever really think about like what does wealth actually mean to me yeah so spot on I I, am I think with doing this kind of work now I think especially mindset and stuff I think I've always since I started that journey of my own healing I think I always got quite clear on what I wanted my life to look like and and every step of the way it's that element of freedom you know like what you're talking about there I think to be able to do what I want when I want with who I want is such an important thing and that comes with obviously building financial support um, and but for me fundamentally I'm a service-based business so I want to be helping people as well so I think um yeah it's such a great question to ask you you know anyone that's a great thing if you're you know if you're driving right now don't do it but when you get home you know write down what does wealth actually mean to you yeah because then I guess this probably goes into the next bit what I was going to ask you is now how can we start to get more financially literate like what are some top tips that you have for us that we can do starting right now to kind of help us get better at it yeah sure so the first thing that i always tell people the first step is always having awareness and actually starting to pay attention to how you feel around your money and your triggers because people can have money triggers and not even realize them especially if you've had them your whole entire life so the first thing and this is part of the reason why i called my podcast the money diaries is i like to to tell people like keep a diary of how you feel about your money and start like writing about it and say, you know, I did this thing today and it actually brought me a lot of joy and I was able to accept it and bring it in. And then, you know, maybe there's something else that it's like, I had to make this payment and I didn't feel good about it and it made me anxious. And so it's like starting to identify and having awareness around how you feel about your money. And then also, I know it can be very anxiety producing for people to, 
check their bank accounts or their investment accounts. And so that's always starting to break down that fear is just going to be by doing that consistently. And so I always tell people like start to have a relationship with your money. And this is something that I, I talk about like financial health on, um, the next episode of my podcast is financial health. Like we, when we think about health, we never factor in financial health. Like we always talk about physical health and mental health, but our financial health affects those things. And so it's like starting to come into a relationship with your financial health and give it the time and attention. Like if you go to the gym or do yoga, you know, for your physical health, and you go to therapy and meditate or whatever you do for your mental health, like what are you doing for your financial health? And so that can be starting to check your bank accounts and being familiar with your money and seeing where, where it's going. So tracking your spending is so crucial and that's building that relationship with your money because a lot of people it's like money in and then money goes out and I don't know what happens in between and but you know I have money left over at the end of the month and some people don't have money left over at the end of the month but like where is it going what is it doing and so it's really building that relationship with your money it's so important because I think people don't realize how emotional it is and so when you start to build that relationship, you start to have a healthier emotional relationship with your money. And then once you start to do that, start thinking about what you want your money to be doing for you. Where should it be going? What's the direction? If you're not tracking or spending or making any goals, then your money's just kind of going all over the place, you know? And so when you give your money, when you start defining goals, little goals, like start with something small, you know, and, and make big ones that seem ridiculous too, you know, and it's and everything in between. But when you, when you put pen to paper and you write those goals out, I truly believe that you give them life. And then that's where you start directing your money that way. And I know for myself that when I have a goal, I start thinking about my money differently because it's like, do I really need this thing? Do I really need to do that? Or do I want to keep my goal in mind and get one step closer to my goal? And that's how I reach my goals is because that's the mental part that we start to shift our habits and behaviors. And it's really difficult because people cannot in, in the beginning, because people cannot be used to, to doing that and to just kind of spending here and there and doing whatever they want. But when you start to make those shifts that's really where you start to, you just have so many big shifts that start happening once you get that momentum. And so those are really the places that I like to tell people to start. Yeah, absolutely. That's so spot on. And I think um, that's some of the things you've listed there are things I've had to do myself. So I completely resonate with everything. And, you know, journaling is a massive part of the work that I teach. I have a journal that I've created myself. So I 100% I'm on it. And I actually when you were talking, I was thinking, you're going to write a book one day, you're going to write a how to book one day for sure. Like I just yeah. everything you were saying, I was like, yes, this is I need to read this. Like, absolutely. Because yeah. um, it really reminds me of rich dad, poor dad. You know, like mm -hmm. the, the way you're talking about this, but from a very understanding, like I said, grounded, everyone can do it approach, which is so what we need in the world right now. And, and another thing I was getting like this visual representation of like almost like money being like a dam, you know, like lots of water in this area. And it's almost like you have to create little streams for the water to go down in order for it to build and fill up somewhere else. So it's almost like... um pouring it into somewhere so it has somewhere to travel otherwise the dam just gets so overflowing that it either breaks and you end up spending it on something you don't want right. or you have a mass amount of savings and then like you said you get too scared to spend it so it's like almost like if you create these little almost like yep. funnels where it can go and and you know I think about times in my life where I've worked really really hard for something but knowing that I was going to travel or, you know, I was going to go and do a really amazing holiday. Like they, these things that I've mentally prepared for out of nowhere, I just found the money. I, I've, I picked up the work, I did the thing. And that's, I feel like I've always had quite a easy approach to money when, as I got older, because I just felt like I'll work harder and make more. But now the shift for me has been, I don't need to work harder. The money yeah. will come. And I think that's a different level, isn't it? Of, of mindset work oh, yeah. that is probably 
not everyone's going to go to that approach because obviously I'm now like soul, soul spirit led and all this stuff. But, you know, yeah. from a very grounded approach, I think um, giving yourself that clear guideline you know writing these things down so you can see in front of yourself like maybe you feel like you have a good relationship with money but actually writing down how anxious you felt about checking your account or you know paying that bill will give you that real clarity to see that actually there is something there like I remember when I very first did the secret and um it says about writing that on the bills that you get through, like writing down paid with thanks or something like that on the top. And I started doing that. And like now every time something comes through the post, instead of me thinking it's going to be a bill, I'm like, oh, this is going to be a check. And one day it was a check. And I was like, yeah. yo, this is this is it the works. thing about mindset, right? Yeah, yes. if you have that idea, it will absolutely be that. And I think we just don't realize how much power we hold. Oh, yeah. Uh, and I think, you know, you're saying all of this, it, it makes it so clear. And also something really important that you said, you've mentioned it a few times and I keep forgetting to say, and I was like, yeah, I'm going to remember it this time. It's the 1% difference, isn't it? You know, the small steps that we repeat daily mm-hmm. takes our trajectory from being even to actually growing, growing, growing. I think it's that, just that small little thing. And what happens with your comfort zone is it's, it's just a safe space and nothing grows in it. So it's almost like you have to test yourself every single day to push one step further, like the stretching that you were talking about. And then one, when you realize all of a sudden, it's like if you wanted to do the splits, for example, if you stretched every single day for a year, you would well, 1000% be in the splits. It, it's inevitable. And that's just like being comfortable with money or receiving money. It's all of that. And the great thing about that stretching is knowing that if what the worst case scenario happened and you did lose it all because you know how you got it, you can make it back. And I think that's also power in that knowing, isn't it? That knowing that you you can make it back. And also as well, a massive, huge part of this, which I feel like we've loosely covered, is that the money doesn't define you. Yeah. It doesn't make you a better person if you have more money in your account. No. No, not at all. And that's just where I think there's a perception Mm. that that is the case and that, you know, more money will solve all my problems, Mm. you know, and that's just not the case, you know, and and that then, then I'll have a healthy relationship with my spending and I won't be overspending and then I won't have fear at night. And then it's, I can tell you firsthand because of the clients that I work with through my, my job, that is not the case. Mm. And I think um, also on the other side of that, I think if you've never had large scale amounts of money, that sometimes there's quite a malicious look at people that do have financial wealth. Yes. And I think that also needs to be looked at and addressed because I feel like maybe to some extent I was that person at some point away. But now I look at it in a very different way and I'm like, everyone is just human and their life is their life. The way that they've chosen to live is their choice. I don't feel like someone's better or worse for having that money. And, um, you know, now if I see someone on holiday on a yacht, I'm like, yes, queen, slay. Whereas a part of me before would have been like, oh, look at them on a yacht. Yeah. I mean, now I'm like, yes, you better take 500 photos and post them. And I want to see them all. Do you know what I mean? So it's yeah. about healing that because there's a part of us right. that's <clears throat> envious or jealous of that. And I think that's also something that needs to be looked at and you'll obviously find that when you start writing about it yeah exactly because that's the emotional and energetic relationship that we have with our money so when we have those reactions that's exactly what we should be journaling about Mm. is I saw someone's Instagram post or I went to dinner with a friend and she had this or she was talking about this trip that she's taking that reaction that you have good or bad if you react and then you immediately feel tightness and tense and judgment mm. write about that explore that like really dig deep on it. it's like why did i have this reaction to to what this person has or maybe like you said now you've gotten to a place where you're like yeah look at you i bet you worked really hard for that trip or for that Mm. whatever it is that you have and it's like celebrate that as well and say you know what like a year ago i wouldn't have been able to be here but now look at this shift that i'm having you know and now it's like because that's really that's the exact mindset that drives our relationship with our money those sneaky things like that that's what drives our relationship with our money Absolutely that. And I think as well, you know, 
being in the room with people that have different levels of wealth than you is just a great experience. You know, I think um, since I entered the entrepreneurial space, I'm in rooms with like women that earn seven, eight figures. And I think Mm -hmm. before when I was younger, I would have looked at those women from an outside perspective and thought, oh, well, it's all right for them because, or, you know, oh, they're lucky because, but actually standing in the room with these women, it's like, I have the utmost respect for them, but they are normal women. They're humans. And I think that made it so much more believable and achievable for me when I saw that. Do you know what I mean? And I, I, you know, maybe eight figure, being an eight figure business business owner isn't in my reality, but I can see that it's possible. And I can right. feel the energetic space of it. And now yeah. I feel very different about money because if one day I do become an eight-figure business owner, it will be because my vibrational match was there, but yes. also because I've stayed in integrity to who I am and the universe wants me to have that that space. Not because 100%. I'm that's my driving force, force. It's because I'm a match to that energy. And I think that's a nice space to be in. It's a beautiful space to be in. I mean, it's, and that's a powerful space to be in. Yeah, it's taken a long time to get to here. But I think, you know, that growth journey, I think it's nice to be able to reflect on that. And I didn't realize how much I'd worked my money mindset until this last week. So it's been quite nice actually to have you on this week because um, I did another call with um, a company that I work with. Um, I did I give them my support and advice and they would had someone in delivering money mindset workshops and I was just kind of back and forth with feedback and then some of my answers everyone was really intrigued about and then the coach was like yeah well you clearly have worked on your money mindset I was like you know what I really have I've been doing it been doing the work and that's what's really important about me doing everything I do is because I'm not just telling someone to do something. It's like, I'm no, I'm I'm doing it with you. I'm not just saying it. I'm here. I'm writing down every night, you know, I'm doing things. Yeah. And that's really important because I think that that's what people connect to mm. is when they know that, you know, what it feels like, you know, to do the work. And then it's also motivating and inspiring for other people who want to be in the mindset that you have, you know? And so, and that's just exactly what I know. Part of the reason why I started my brand is just to give people that support and to make it approachable and people to feel safe Mm. to ask questions and feel vulnerable with their money and their money mindset. Because I know that there's not a lot of space for that within the financial industry. And sometimes even like within the personal finance coaching industry, but it's really, you just want people to feel safe enough to where that they can be vulnerable and really open up and, and, trust you you know and that just comes from from exactly what you said no 100 percent, and I think that's so important the word safety I think Mm -hmm. that's a that a lot that probably is a word that people tie to money don't they a lot oh yeah so I think if you can give people that that's already it and I can hear just from you as a person that that's who you are you know I was going to ask you actually through this what your star sign is I'm a Capricorn Oh, yeah, I thought that. I thought you were either a Virgo or a Capricorn. I have a Capricorn moon. So all of what you're talking about with, with the strategic way and processing, the grounded approach, that's all like my how my mind works. So I, that's why I think I was resonating so deeply with you. And then as you were going on, I was like, yeah, you're definitely an earth sign. There's so much groundedness yeah. to this, which is why you're so great at what you do, because you have this very level-headed approach to it instead of being... I don't know, like wishy-washy, like water or, you know, like fiery and like over the top with it. You know, you're very, very grounded with it, which I think is incredible. But I've loved talking to you about this. And I feel like there's so much more I could ask. But I think what we'll do is we'll signpost everyone over to your podcast because this is all you speak about. So I think it's a great one to um for people to listen to. So, yeah, tell us about your podcast and also like the offers that you have, how people can find you and possibly work with you. Sure. Yeah. So the podcast is called The Money Diaries. It's on Apple and Spotify. And I just got it launched the within the past couple of weeks. And so they will have weekly episodes. And so the reason I called it The Money Diaries is because I really want to have like deep, intimate conversations around money and all the all the sides of money that we never talk about. And so, you know, just like the conversation that we're having today, there'll be topics like that. And then um, you can find me on Instagram and TikTok 
My brand is Wall Street Girl Next Door, where I post content and just tips. And I just really try to help people look at their relationship with their money and, and how they're thinking and feeling about their money. And I do one-on-one -on -one coaching right now. And then I will be having a course launch hopefully soon on all looking at uh, our money story and, and how we grew up thinking about money and money mindset and financial health, hopefully coming out soon. So um, definitely find me on social media to stay, stay up to date with everything that's coming out through the brand. Yes. And hopefully one day you'll have a mm. self-help book too, because oh, I can that's, see yes. it for you. I can that see it That is definitely now. on the, on the agenda. Yeah, I can <laughs> see it. I, I'm, I'm, I'm just, as you were speaking, it was coming to the forefront of my mind and I was like, this woman's yeah. going to write a book and it's going to, going to change people's lives for sure, which oh, I love. Thank you. Thank so you. no, I think you're incredible. And I love that I was able to see that even just through the, the posts that I found on social media of you, I was just like, yeah, this woman's got it. And it's just really nice that to see and feel how real you are in what you're doing. Because as I said, you know, sometimes on socials we get lost or, you know, I mean, the world is so vast and there's so much people doing a lot of things. There's a lot of noise. But I think the yes. fact that I, I'm i such a real person and I draw in real people for me is such a lovely thing. So thank you for being here. And to to kind of round off the podcast, I always have like a soul to soul segment. Now, this could be something you would say to your younger self or maybe someone that's listening in a difficult position right now. But just off the top of your head, like from in your heart, like what do you feel like you would like to share? So one thing I would say is just start believing in yourself. Start believing that you're meant for good things and start believing that you're meant to have peace around your money. Mm. And if you have any fear or shame, just start believing that you're meant to have peace and happiness and enjoyment with your money. Yes, absolutely. That peace is the word. That was my word for this year was peace. And I feel like in a weird way, I've kind of found it, but it's an ever going process, isn't it? Ever and flowing always. But thank yeah. you so much, Nicole. I think that you are going to change the world some way or another. I think you're going to have a really big impact. And um, yeah, I can't wait to, you know, keep following your journey. And and I'm going to pop all of your details in the show notes so everyone can find you on there. But thank you so much for joining me. Thank you. Thank you so much. And I, it was just such a pleasure to be here today. So thank you. Thank you.